This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and host of Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking. Join us as we explore issues that relate to you and your family. From mental health obstacles and family interactions to handling life disruptions, whatever the issue, let's try to figure it out together. You can listen live Tuesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. Hey, good morning to you. It is time for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Jeremy Thompson. I'm Jay White. Wiltz is out this week. Wiltz is a IT director for Rankin County, and so each week we get to hear a new cool thing that he's doing. He's working um, election ballot machines at one point. Well, that's where the news uh, rubber meets the road right there. Today, I think he said he was working out of prison, not trying to put all his business on Front Street, but man, that guy's... Uh, He's drinking life from the fire hydrant uh, in 2022. Jeremy, good morning. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, good morning, Jay. Um, I'm better, man. Uh, <laughs> I know y'all haven't heard from me in a little while. Uh, went on a little vacation, and uh, I guess I picked up the coronavirus while I was on the mm. cruise. So, yeah, I came back. Uh, I was able to work for like a day, and then I shut down early, and I... Uh, Pretty much took the last week off, so uh, I am busy this week <laughs> trying to uh, trying to play catch up. Um, but yeah, if my voice cuts out or anything, it's because it's still there. Um, like I'm over it, but um, yeah, I don't know. I still feel the uh, the remnants of uh, it. Kind of still feels like I've got it. Still, I, I don't know any other way to put you it. Feel it's, uh, it's, you feel cruddy. You got some very tired. It's very tiring. It's yeah. taken a lot of power to to actually come into work and and you know do what I need to do because uh, especially in the morning, man. I know this is a tech show, but uh, yeah, we're just gonna talk about health for a minute. Um, in the morning, man, it just like I don't know. It's just something about getting up. <laughs> it's, it's, Absolutely, it's like rained, man, and I'll come in and like I feel kind of foggy. Like I, you know, I'll talk about just can't get going. And, yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm looking around and I'm like, all right, where do I start? Yeah. What's up with this mess? I gotta I gotta clean up this mess first. Oh my god. <laughs> you know. Um but yeah, I'm trying to uh trying to put things in piles and, and get stuff out the door. But it has it has been a challenge. And um I did not uh did not enjoy that, that last week at all. Right. Understandable. And uh man, when you are a business owner and uh, you wind up taking a week off. That shows you, man, you were, you were down for the count there for a minute because that's a that's more yeah. than just a personal decision based on your health. That's a that's a lifestyle and and economic decision on uh, your behalf. Yes. So, and it's also um, it's tough to return calls that were left on my voicemail a week ago. <laughs> like, hey, do you still need your computer fixed? Click. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I just look like the most neglectful person, you know, like, oh, hey, uh, I finally got around to calling you back. I've sort of just been kind of dead for the last week. But, yeah, it feels good to be back at work and um, helping people with their 
with their tech issues. Absolutely. Um, I, I would hope that most people would understand the situation that you've been in anyway. Yeah, everybody's been really cool about it. And um, they've they've made sure that I'm, you know, feeling better. And uh, I do I do feel better than I did. But, yeah, it's it's still just kind of kind of taxing on me. But I uh, I appreciate everybody's support. And um, I did um, get to catch up on some TV shows. And I finally got Lisa to start watching Silicon Valley. You know, there's this, yeah, there's always this reluctance in her to watch a show that I'm interested in because she's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to understand it, you know? And I was like, well, this is one of those shows that you don't have to be techie to enjoy. I mean, it, it helps. It certainly complements it. That's certainly the audience they were going for. Yeah. But you don't speak nerd in order to enjoy the show. And so she's actually hung in there. We're almost done with season one now. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to be watching one of my shows with my woman instead of American Horror Story and all the other people <laughs> likes to watch. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. It's like Ted Lasso, right? I think a lot of people think you've got to be uh, a soccer fan to watch Ted Lasso. And if you are, there's certainly a lot of, uh, if you love English football, there are a lot of tips of the cap to those fans that they'll pick up on without ruining it for everybody else who doesn't care one way or the other. But uh, that is interesting. Uh, let's go to the phones. We got a call early on here, and uh, we're going to go to Jackie, who called us up. Jackie uh, wants to talk about uh, buying her first computer. Good morning. What's going on? Hi, Jay. Good morning, and good morning, Jeremy. I'm glad you're feeling a little bit better. Um, Thank you. I'm. You're welcome. I'm 69 and am wanting to buy my first computer. Oh, that's I awesome. Need to have, yep, I need to have it set up by September 24th. Um, I'm training to be a volunteer on a support line, mm. so I'm, I'm just calling to get some guidance kind of on how to buy, what to buy, where to buy. Um, what I do know is I want a laptop, but that's all mm-hmm. I've decided so far. Okay. So um, without knowing, like, you know, what kind of software you're working with, I can just kind of give you, like, a general overall, like, computer that I would recommend for you know, just about anybody. Um, generally, these days, um, you know, the the two hundred to three hundred dollar laptops, they're okay. Um, they don't put a lot of storage in them, and they don't put a lot of memory. So most of the time, I tell people, if you want something that's going to stick around for a little while, something that's going to, you know, have a good processor in it and ample memory to handle all the things that you want to throw at it, and probably even more than you would throw at it, uh, then you want to. Purchase something in the 500 to 650 range. Um, there are many different styles out there. You can get some that are like tablets that have very like thin keyboards, like your Microsoft Surface. Um, I have one of those myself, and I really like it, but it's very small, so it may be a little smaller than what you want. So I highly, highly encourage you to go to a big box store and just play around with them and find one that you like as far as size goes. You know, make sure that you can type on it well, that you can access the touchpad, that it's comfortable. And a lot of people, when they get a laptop, um, they really don't like the touchpad. So you may want to think about a mouse to go along with it. Um, but these days, generally, if you stick in that price range, you should find something that will fit your needs. And if you want something that will fit in a bag, um, I highly recommend the uh, the Surface tablets because they are small and they are very portable, very light. Although most laptops these days are pretty light because there's just not a whole lot inside of them anymore. Okay, that is great information. Thank you 
so much, Jeremy. Happy to help. Like I said, really get some hands-on experience with some different machines so you can find out which one's going to fit you best. Because if you're just online and you're looking at them, you're not going to know just exactly how big that is, you know, how your hands are going to fit on it, if you, if you feel like it might be too big. Um, so definitely go get you some hands-on experience. Okay, I will. And thank you, and I love the show. Bye-bye. All right, Jackie, thanks for the call this morning. And uh, that's pretty interesting, um, getting into some new work right there from home. That's something I've almost pulled the trigger on several times. But uh, it is interesting. Um, as a computer guy being asked, you know, what what kind of rig do I need to set up? Something super open-ended like that, man. You, there, there's all sorts of options that you can go for, Jeremy. I mean, it's your options are basically totally wide open right there. Yeah, it's pretty much sky's the limit, you know. So really with, with a computer... I I tend to lean toward the uh, Ryzen 5 or the uh, Core i5 Intels. Those are your really your best mid-range experience without going super expensive and still, you know, having a machine that's going to be able to handle whatever you want. Most people, you know, these days, I mean, your machine should not lag. It should not be slow. Most anything you purchase now is going to have a solid state drive in it. So your computing experience is going to be uh, much more enhanced versus going and buying, you know, a 200 or $300 laptop that's still going to have a hard disk drive in it, which is going to eventually just get so slow on you that you want to pull your hair out. Yeah, that is interesting uh, and something to definitely pay attention to. A week ago was the big Apple announcement for uh, the new iOS or excuse me, the new Apple 14 Pro and uh, iOS 16 uh, now with its uh, customizable lock screens and being able to unsend messages and more is now out and about. We could talk about uh, new features with that as well as um, a lot of comparisons we're getting between all the phones uh, or all the cameras within the new phones now. So that's that's a big topic to talk about. So, Jeremy, while you were out last week, uh, Wilts and I talked about uh, the new iPro. The iPro? What? Did, what? Did I just, like, <laughs> smash 92 things together? The iPhone 14 Pro and 14 Pro Max. The iPhone 14 sleeve of phones that was uh, announced amongst uh, other things, including iOS 16 last week. Uh, I know you're not the Apple guy for us, but in this round, if if you were Apple, from a 30,000-foot view, is there a thing or two that you would have wanted to specifically uh, make sure that gets out in this uh, year's uh, iPhone introduction that, or thing that you would want to get to the audience in general for the iPhone to concentrate on this time? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know be, that's an open-ended question. That's why I asked for only like maybe one or two things, because I didn't want it to become a... That's fine. I'm going to step know. up on my soapbox, you know. <laughs> so, RCS, man, Rich Communication Services. Yeah. Um, Apple's continued refusal to adopt this uh, means they really like their, uh, their little blue chat bubbles, and they really don't want to give them up. I mean, we've known this, but... Uh, there is a big push for uh, support for RCS across all devices, and Apple is the only one going, no, nah, no, nah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> nah. So 
Um, other than that, I, I really I haven't even looked at the phones, man. These days, it's just you know, it's like okay, better better battery life, better camera. Um, I've noticed with the uh, and this may I may be out of my league here. I really I, I just don't even know. I'm probably going to get laughed at by Apple fans, but I have noticed that with uh, with the latest iOS uh, version that they are now embracing the idea that fast charging is killing our batteries faster than uh call it regular charging slow it's not really slow charging conventional how about that yeah conventional charging there you go so i've noticed that in (laughs) ios there is now a notification that basically tells you that when you put it on your nightstand to charge that it is going to trickle a charge to it overnight rather than fast charge it in an hour because you're going to be asleep in that hour. This is actually really cool. And I hope that uh, Android will hop on board with that because it makes perfect sense. You go to bed, you don't need your phone, so it really wouldn't matter if it charged within an hour or five hours. And if that prolongs your battery life over time, that is a genius adaptation that I would like to see. Interesting, yeah. Android side. If you have seen that notification, that is what it means, is that it's going to basically slowly charge through the night rather than just blast all the electrons that your battery needs to charge up uh, in a fast charging method. That is very interesting, and that is a good point, that uh, if you're – if you could make a differentiation in how it charges because you know you're going to be down the next several hours and it doesn't have to fire through a charge as fast as possible, that is a a cool option to have. All right. All of a sudden, we got a bunch of calls, so let's go to it. Um, Annette Hardy, hang on just a second. We'll start in Meridian with Melinda. Melinda, thanks for calling. Good morning. What's going on? Good morning. How are y'all? Excellent. How are you? Good. I had a stroke, so be patient. (laughs) Um, I'm across the street from a public hospital and they have a network and their Wi-Fi hooked up on my computer (laughs) and I turned Wi-Fi off now, but they made themselves administrators of my computer. What? Yep. Yep. Um, so I need to know how to recover it. Okay. All right. Hang on. We gotta. What? We gotta step back. First off, why? Yes. How do you know that they've made themselves administrators? Because on- I can't do anything to my computer now. They said I need an administrator, and you're not the administrator. Okay. But so, I got their. Um, I got their IP address, so um, I know I can do something about it. But I'm interested in recovering my computer because. Um. This doesn't sound like something that the the hospital would do to your machine. This sounds like a virus that has locked up your computer, perhaps. No, it's not. Um, I, it, it's at the hospital. I'm sure it is. Okay, I've, so I've, in, in order for you to be connected to the hospital network and for them yep. to actually take over your computer and make themselves admin would require right. a pro version of windows. And then it would require yep, they someone got it. They to got it. your house and connect because it to I the see, domain. I see the, uh, in my computer and they got a Spotify thing uh, app. And um, when I 
go on the computer, it pops up, and then a black screen. And I know that's them because they don't like me here because I'm critical of I got a lot of things. For a second there. Um, Okay. I believe that what you're suggesting um, would definitely not be something that a hospital would do to your computer. Now, a rogue agent inside the hospital, somebody that's on the same open network, if you connected to the hospital's network, there could be somebody else in your neighborhood that connected to that network or even somebody at the hospital that may be possibly attached to your computer. But I don't feel like these two things are connected. It is not likely that somebody would do that. Now, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying that this is a very unlikely scenario. It doesn't really have a lot of motivation behind it other than, oh, she connected to our open network, which we totally allow people to do. Your computer doesn't just magically connect to networks. You actually have to reach out and tell it to connect. And then usually with a hospital, there's some kind of agreement that you have to go through to say that you are allowed to be on their network. It sounds to me like there is a virus or something else malicious on your computer that's locking it up. And I suggest that you seek the help of a local professional to help you unlock your machine and get your files back. Well, let me ask you this, Jeremy. Could it be that her Wi-Fi, like it, maybe it doesn't have a password per se, or maybe it's a password that's been compromised, and basically she's just got an open-ended Wi-Fi network sitting right next to a hospital, and people who visit the hospital look for a network, and hers is one of the first one that pops up, and so they just naturally connect to it since it's, I don't know. That's maybe, a funny pot. It's called a honeypot, and yes, I mean that is a possibility. Oh wow, there's, I didn't never, I didn't know I had a, 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 I didn't know there's terminology for it. That, yeah, that made that sound way seedier than it already did. Right. So it's an open network that hackers have out there that they want people to connect to in order to do malicious things on their computers or potentially make them think that you know the local hospital has hacked them. Um, again. This is still going to require the assistance of a professional to look at the machine and figure out how it's been locked, whether you have actually been attached to a domain or whether it's locked remotely through some kind of weird virus malware type thing. It's definitely not something that I can guide you on how to get out of through this show. It's just I mean, that is a that is a big a big thing that you're dealing with there. And if you connect it to an open network, it is possible for somebody to attack your machine and lock it up with some kind of malware. So you need to seek out a professional to help you remove that from your machine and help you recover your files. So that's uh, if if there's a way that she can get to the dialogue to change her Wi-Fi password, if there's a way she could do that, that would be the number one thing to do right now. Right. But if that's not an option, then like you're saying, find a professional that can find a way to get her network back for her so that she can or they together can change the credentials and give her her privacy back i don't think it's her network man i think it's a a virus that's on her computer that has locked it up i mean i've seen these things before but if you connect an open network you would make yourself you know more vulnerable to something like this but it's definitely something she's gonna have to have somebody look at her computer and go okay yes it's this or it's that i mean it's just see if she says that somebody from the hospital or that the hospital has taken over her computer, it requires someone attaching that computer to the hospital's domain. And then when it's attached to that domain, then they can, you know, set up an account 
that can be logged into, and then she no longer has admin access of her computer. She's just a user, but then she wouldn't be able to log in. And so there's some kind of a prompt up there that's saying that she can't log in or that she has a password she doesn't know or that she doesn't have permission. But it sounds like it's a Windows permission thing. Somebody has taken over an account mm. or some kind of, you know, it could be malware. It could be fake. It, there's just, there's so many variables there. And until you see it, you know, in front of you, it's so hard to know whether it's a legitimate thing. Is it really a Windows dialog box that's saying this, or is it something that's trying to look like one? There's All just right. variables. All right. So, Melinda, uh, I know we're trying to find some uh, some answers for you without having to come out of pocket right off the bat, but it looks like this starts from a level where you need some, some professional um, – someone professional to take a look at it and get you back on the right track. So uh, – Thank you for calling and stay in touch with us uh, as soon as you can uh, you know, get some sort of a res- resolution or at least maybe start down the path toward resolution. Give us a call back and tell us, uh, let us know how this is going for you and see if we can't help you with some some further steps down the road or at least learn from the steps that you've been taking. So we appreciate that call. Melinda, let's uh, stay on the phones. I'm looking forward to hearing from her again, hear how that works for her. That's a weird, weird scenario wild scenario yeah absolutely all right let's stay on the phones um up next is annette in pearl annette thanks for calling good morning what's going on hello guys i enjoy your show thank you i have a comment for jackie uh-huh. and uh, she's trying to find her new computer one uh, one feature that she should consider is the colors of the keys on the keyboard um the darker keys with the lighter letters are much easier for the 60-plus crowd to see than the light-colored keys with the light letters. So as you look at the keyboard, the darker keys with the light letters are just much easier to see. All right. And that's my comment. All right, Annette, we appreciate that. Excellent tip. That's a great tip. Uh, Best Buy is probably not going to let you turn off the lights so you can see how the keyboard <laughs> dim light uh, but a lot of keyboards these days are backlit so there are keys on there where you can adjust the brightness um that can definitely help as well but that's a that's a fantastic tip thank you yeah, grab one of those uh they got to sell some blankets in there somewhere just grab a blanket and go up to the the keyboard <laughs> you want just hood it hood it over yourself and the keyboard and see how you like it nah don't do that don't mind me i'm just testing this for the low light situation <laughs> right all right. Hey, we appreciate the call. Annette from Pearl this morning. Let's stay on the phones. And up next uh, is Hardy, who's called us from Biloxi. Hardy, good morning. Thanks for calling in. What's going on? Hey, good morning. How you guys doing today? Excellent. Excellent. You got good, some uh, some uh, I, some thoughts about iOS and the updates, well, right? Actually, I did, but, but I couldn't have asked for a better ser- uh, segue. Um, what I'll say is this, and this pertains to the iOS thing, but it really pertains to the comments about the, the hospital Wi-Fi takeover and things of that sort. Um, when it comes to iOS and when it comes to all things, what we have to do as consumers, remember, is that there are two sides to this coin. There's two sides to the equation. You've got hardware and then you've got software. Hardware is going to continue to grow. It's going to continue to evolve. It's going to get better. There are going to be new bells and whistles. Um but even still with that, like, like, uh, like Jeremy was saying, you know, like you could have an i5, you know, with something with an i5 processor, and it might be sluggish on Windows Pro. However, you throw a particular version, uh, a distribution of Linux on there. Yes, I, I went there. You know, I'm always bringing Linux into the story. <laughs> uh, 
you and it it'll it'll smoke. In fact, sometimes it'll be you know too fast. So so what you have to do is uh, we as consumers have to remember that we're dealing with both hardware and software. So my reason why I say that's a perfect segue is because too many times we tend to think that sometimes um, an issue or a problem is a hardware issue when in actuality it has become like a software thing. So with iOS and, and you know, everyone gets so excited with the Apple announcements and then here in a little bit with the Google announcements as well with the, you know, you know, the new pixels that it will come out, we have to remember that we as end users have to solidify our devices, make sure that they're locked down, that, that you know, uh, privacy restrictions are in place, and we've got to check these apps because that's really where the problems come in. We allow these apps so many permissions to do so many things that they really don't need to do, you know. Um, and, and then we, we're dumbfounded as we're talking to our friends and family as to how, you know, some guy in some foreign country has access to my bank account. Well, you pretty much gave him access to everything, you know, by, you know, having an unsecure device. And so many times that's what happens when, when we have situations. And, and, and that's why I said I, it was a perfect segue because I agree 100% with that assessment. I believe there's a virus on that computer uh, that has, you know, taken over in some form or fashion. Um, but in and of itself, you know, it's very, very difficult to hack hardware. In fact, you have to usually be in place in that location. But when you bring the idea of software to the table, now, now you're cooking. Now it becomes a little bit easier to do so. But yes, to a uh, uh, final statement about iOS, I, I download, been using it for about a week or so now. Uh, absolutely love it. I love the, the new features. iOS rocks. But even still, as much as I love iOS, as much as I love Windows, as much as I love Linux, I don't trust any of them until I actually sit down and look at the permissions and look at the actual structure and uh, what's in under the hood. And I think that's, that's something every consumer should do. Lots of information out there on YouTube, lots of information that you can Google and find out. I encourage every consumer to be smart and educated in their decisions about their app choices. And that's my final comment. Thank you. Hey, we appreciate the call and, and uh, great comments. And uh, Jeremy, he, like you, he thinks uh, that's, a, that's a virus thing, which is unfortunate for the lady. Yeah, it's it's good to get some edification on that one because uh, it's it's just a strange. I mean, you know, it's it's just a weird sounding situation. Um, I want to say that uh, yeah, we absolutely embrace privacy on this show, and we always uh, encourage you to read all the boxes that are checked before hitting accept and agree. Um, and I I want to say that um, recently uh, with Windows 11 they have made it even more difficult to get through the initial setup without a Microsoft account. And so um, when you first set up your computer, if it's brand new, out of the box, it's going to come up and it's going to say that you have to have a Microsoft account in order to log in. Well, no, you don't. At this point, you can still say your email address is no at thankyou.com. <laughs> <laughs> you can put in any password you want. And it will error out because that email has been used so many times to do this that it will just put you on a local account and move you to the next screen, which asks you, do you want to divulge your location? Do you want 
your camera and your microphone and all these things to be on? Do you want to have a unique advertiser ID? Uncheck all of those boxes. Uncheck them all. And then move on to the next screen. Mm. I do every computer that I install Windows on or that I set up because I don't believe in people's information being leaked out like that. But most people don't even know that it's happening. Yeah, the biggest the biggest thing is uh, and and to both of your guys' point, I think the biggest thing is taking the time to be in, invested in what's happening to your technology that you've paid for. And I, I mean, it's about well, having the time to do that and, and convincing yourself that it's worth it. I think a lot of consumers just skip right, skip right past it. They're like, what are the odds? The odds are astronomical enough. It's not going to happen to me, so I'm not going to pay attention to that. I'm not, I'm not going to spend the time that I should to make sure that this stuff is safe. And I think that's, you know, it, it's it's a risk every consumer user takes, right? So the operating systems that we've been running on our devices have started asking us more about permissions. Permissions, what do you want to let this app have access to? And the reason that they're doing that is because people are becoming more aware that these things are leaking permissions that we don't want them to have access to. So definitely go through your apps and make sure that you aren't giving away a bunch of permissions that you don't want to allow. On Android, it's uh, it's a lot easier to give away a lot of these permissions, but it's also easier to go in there and turn them off. I mean, you can do it with either app or either operating system. You can go in and you can change those things. And I've noticed that Android, probably iOS, is doing the same thing. If you haven't used that app for a while and you haven't used those permissions, it will turn them off, which is fantastic. So yeah. they're trying to cover their butts because they want to say, we care about your privacy. So they do these things. They have these pop-ups. Oh, this app, it's brand new. Do you want to have access to your camera? They are doing that to make you feel like they care about your privacy. But nobody's going to protect it better than you. Yeah, and I, here's the thing I still don't like. And I know we've discussed this on the show. I guess maybe uh, you know a, a couple of full-numbered updates ago. You know, you got the whole, you know, do you want to allow this app to track you across websites and other apps? And your options are, yeah, that's cool. Or the other, instead of no, the language is ask app not to track you across other areas. And I, I hate that verbiage, Jeremy. I don't hate, I don't hate anything. It's the wrong word. Like I'm super leery of the way that's worded because it's basically saying, Hey, if they want to, they can do this anyway. But, uh, you know, just depending on how nice they are, you can ask them to not do it. But regardless of what you click here, it sounds like they could still do what they want to do. As soon as that dialogue box goes away, just, just by the wording of it. Well, you, I mean, you just have to trust that they're doing what they say they're doing. Oh, cool. That they're agreeing not to track you. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, what is our show every week? It's it's story after story of these tech giants paying billions and billions of euros and dollars Here's for violating time. people's personal space and information. Right. Cool. Yes. Here's some times where we didn't get away with it and we had to pay a little bit of money. Right. All right. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, we've got Jason and Jackson up next. Who's having some Chromebook update issues. Jason, good morning. Hey, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, I bought a Chromebook off of uh, Amazon maybe six months ago, and I loved it because it's you just open it up, turns right on. And, and for my work, I just uh, I'm basically streaming audio files online, so I don't have to use any of the storage or anything. 
and it was working great. And then, of course, about two or three months later, um, the system requirements for my company were updated, and and it my my uh, uh, Chrome version was out of date and not updatable. So, of course, it was expired and can't be updated. That's the auto expiration, uh, whatever. So each Chromebook has a basically a point at which they can no longer uh, uh, update to the latest version of Chrome. And right. that's probably why the uh, laptop cost $50, <laughs> because they knew that, but I didn't. <laughs> and uh, so, of course, I went straight to YouTube and uh, went down many rabbit holes. And there are some fixes, but it's beyond my expertise. Um, just looking for a quick fix. Uh, is there a adapter, like a USB a USB adapter you could put in or something that you don't have to tear apart the computer and, and all that? And um, it's it's a, uh, I'm sure you've heard this question before, but uh, it's a question, but also a buyer beware for, you know, know what you're getting into when you buy one of these computers with a with a uh, auto expiration date for the update so that's that's my dilemma <laughs> all right so, jason all of the chromebooks that i have personally worked on they really didn't have a lot on the inside of them um it's it's a board there's no removable drive everything is soldered onto one board it's all built into one thing so as far as like upgrading it goes there is no future in upgrading most Chromebooks. There might be some out there that you can, but uh, most of the lower-end ones, the $50 ones that you get, right. um, do not generally have any capability to be upgraded. Okay. So there's no uh, – no. Uh, of course, you can't download. This is what was an educational laptop, which apparently had never been used. It was brand-new Lenovo, and uh, but uh, – but you would have to go into the in, into the inside to fix it like that. There's there's not a quick fix. With the Chromebook, if you're having issues, um, you can hard reset it. You can hold the refresh button and uh, the power button. And when it starts up, let go of the refresh button. And uh, okay. that will let you factory reset it. But if your issue is not resolved through a factory reset, then, yeah, it's time yeah. to find something. Yeah, it, it tells you that it's the latest, you know, your Chromebook is up to date, which of uh -huh. course it's like version 76.2 or something. So it has stopped updating uh, to current updates through Google. It's just, so it's just, don't it's think just there's been, any way to fix it. <laughs> it's been forced into obsolescence and antiquity, unfortunately. That's exactly right. Okay. Well, antiquity. I sure appreciate it. Thank you all. All right, Jason, we appreciate the call this morning. Antiquity. Man, that sounds like forever. It'll be in a uh, a flea market collecting dust right. in three years. And, you know, you'll pick it up and you'll go, oh, yeah, I remember those. <laughs> All right, let's go next to Jonathan in Columbus. Jonathan, thanks for calling. Good morning. What's happening? Hey, can you hear me well? Yes, sir. Go right ahead. All right. Yes, sir. Um, I actually used to work in IT for a good bit, so I'm probably going to throw out a lot of jargon that maybe the listeners don't understand, but I'm uh, looking for a little bit of feedback on this uh, from your experts on the panel here. I'm getting some blue screen issues, specifically when I'm running Civ, Civ 5 specifically, and I've already done SFC scans. I've done DSIM checks. 
all of my Windows integrity um, uh, files are fine. There's no violations. But I still get occasional kernel blue screen errors. Uh, like I said, it's only occasional, one out of maybe every five times that I run the app. And it is run through Steam, so it's not you know, physically on my computer per se. It's gone through Steam. But I guess my question is, since I do have a one terabyte solid state, and I can't really check for failures because, as your experts know, uh, solid states either fail or they don't. They either stop working or they do. It's not like a, a hard disk where you can uh, verify hard disk errors or surface errors or things of that nature. Um, it, do you think that this is a hard disk issue, an app issue, or something else? You know, usually when you're running into an intermittent error, I always look at the memory. Um, that's just been my experience in all the years that I've worked with hardware, it's usually a bad stick of RAM. Um, no, that's not, you know, that's not open and shut, obviously, but I would start looking more in that area, especially if the error is only coming up every few times that you're running it. It's not consistently. Um, that sounds like memory to me. So that's where I would start. I would put a totally new stick of RAM in it, or if it's got two sticks, I would, you know, reduce down to one label them, run it with one, run it with the other, and see if your problem doesn't surface sooner. If you can take one stick of RAM and reduce how much memory you have in your computer and run that program, that amount of memory will fill up that much faster. So if you have a problematic stick when you're running that program, it should make itself apparent once that sector of memory gets filled up. Okay, yeah. I mean, I had two sticks of 32, so I have 64, mm -hmm. and they're they're relatively new. I mean, they're only about a year old. Would you expect a failure from a brand new stick within a year? Yeah, absolutely. I've seen it happen tons of times. It's again, it's one of those things that you find yourself underestimating because you're like, well, how could it possibly be? Because it's so random that it's coming up. It just reeks of memory to me. Um, having said that, 32 gigs is a lot of memory for it to fill up. I'm not familiar with this program. I don't know how, how quickly it would fill up, but I would definitely go with one stick and see if your problem doesn't come out more often or more consistently. Okay, that's great. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, Jonathan uh, from Columbus, we appreciate the call this morning. When it comes to an issue like that, I mean, there, there are endless possibilities as to what could be causing that, especially when you get kernel errors in Windows, because that's not indicative of anything at all. That just means there was a problem and Windows couldn't handle it, so it just had to shut down. So it could be a driver. It could be a bad piece of hardware. It could be a, a, a piece of dust in a USB port. I mean, it, it's silly, but yeah. I mean, I've seen all kinds of different things with that. But his problem specifically, with it being intermittent, it just sounds like memory. And whenever you're dealing with something like that, if you can take the memory out of your computer, a lot of times there's a panel on the bottom, you know, it comes off. Not These days, they're more clamshelled in. But if you can do that, and you can go down to one stick. You can isolate that problem. And I do that a lot. And people think it's like magic because it'll take a computer that ran like garbage. You get that bad stick out of there and suddenly everything starts working again. Wow. Yeah. When I get kernel errors, I'm always upset because I try to put it back in the microwave and I overcook it. Let's go back to the phones. Up next is in Horn Lake, we've got David. David, thanks for calling. Good morning. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I tuned in a little late, so you may have already uh, discussed this subject. So if, I, so if you have, forgive me. Um, I'd like to know, is there like a one-stop place, shop, stop, shop, or whatever you can go to, to slow down 
the massive breach of your personal information. I am getting bombarded by people over the phone, hmm. mail. I get people that are taking pictures of my house and, uh, you know, won't, won't, uh, said they gave investors off you cash money, but got pictures of my house. They're calling me on the phone. I'm getting fake text messages, fake phone calls. I was one of the victims of that massive uh, Experion data breach a few years back. And uh, is there anything we can do to, 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 you know, to slow this stuff down? Because I get phone calls. They ask how they get my name and number. They just tell me it's from private records, and I tell them it's like an invasion of privacy. And when I go in that situation, they hang up. David, let me say real fast before Jeremy digs in right here. Everything okay. that you've mentioned so far, the same thing happens to me. Yep, me too. So oh, yeah. and, and, and I, that doesn't make it right. That doesn't make it good and right and all that kind of stuff. And it, and it, it, I don't want you to not be wary of it or leery of it. But at the same time, I don't want you to freak out necessarily about it. It is something to freak out about, but not acutely right now. Because all those things you're talking about, a lot of that standard fair stuff. The, I got a postcard a couple of days ago with the same thing, solicitation for buying my property with a picture of my house on the front of it. And that's a little that's that's a little yeah. disconcerting to see right off the bat. But look, you just got to remember that your house probably is on Street View, on Google Maps, Apple Maps, Bing Maps, everybody's maps. Everybody. Unless now you you there is, I'm sure a pretty difficult and convoluted road that you can go down to get your place blurred on all those maps because some you can you see that with some places but that's like somebody grabbing a screenshot of your property and sending it to you in the mail can be disconcerting certainly but that's not necessarily a super big deal Jeremy go ahead and what were you going to say Okay, so I mean <laughs> <laughs> this, the answer with a side to start is always good, right? Right. I mean, we all deal with this. We're all bombarded by this. But, yes, there are absolutely things that you can do. First off, um, as far as data breaches go, make sure that you're not using the same email and password combination on any website that has any secure information of yours. Um, those websites get hacked all the time. Those databases get leaked. Your password is out there in plain text. So do not use the same password for any site, any email combination. Um, you... Do not want to respond to the text messages. Don't text them. Stop. Don't say anything at all. Just mm. add them to your block list and move on. There's now that's honestly, important what you just said. Don't if one says reply stop. Don't do that. Engage. Do not engage. These are lawbreakers. So you think if you think if you text them stop, they're actually going to stop. I had to have this conversation with my wife recently. I was like, baby, the reason that you're being bombarded is because you've told them, yes, I have a number. I am here. Blast me. So and and when, you, when, you reply, when you reply stop to people who are not playing by the rules, you're basically saying yes is what you're saying, right? You're saying go. Yeah. Do not, you know, skip the jail and just go past gap. Get you 200 bucks. So definitely don't respond. To any of the inquiries, emails, whatever, do not click on subscribe. Don't do it. Now, if you know it's a legitimate company like Best Buy sending you too many emails, you can click unsubscribe in those. But any of them that are like, oh, we just renewed your Norton 360, and, you know, call this number if this is an error. Don't respond. Don't call the number. 
delete it and move on with your life. But even in those emails, anyway, you got pay close attention to the emails you get because I mean, look, I, I we made fun about it on a show that we did a couple of months back. I, I got an email, or my wife got an email solicitation solicitation from the Geek Squad, Squad, S Q U A U A D, the Squad from Best Buy. And dude, it was, it's a one letter change, but they they rip Best Buy's logo. They are not worried about playing by the rules, and and so emails too. And what's Jer- what Jeremy's saying right is is correct. I should say a lot of that stuff you wind up signing up for inadvertently you can unsubscribe from it but just like with the text messages please be careful with what things and emails you're clicking on because man oh man this email that my wife got looked tip top except for the fact that they misspelled squad everything else they ripped logos uh the the letterhead the formality of it the layout it all looked tip top man it was airtight they just misspelled squad furthermore um i do recommend and this is this is Wilson's advice, but I've definitely adopted it. Freeze your credit. Go to annualcreditreport.com. Oh, yeah. Mm. How to freeze your credit through the three agencies and make sure that it's frozen. That way somebody can't steal your identity. Um, there's really no way to get away from this. Like I said, we're, we're all bombarded by it. It's just one of those things that just... It, 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 it gets worse for some people before it gets better, especially if you've tried to fix it by playing by the rules. So uh, be ever vigilant as far as the spam calls go. I know specifically if you're an AT&T customer, you can get an app called Call Protect, and it can have some pretty aggressive spam filtering. Um, it can even go down to not allowing anybody to contact you except the people in your contacts list. Your do not disturb mode on your phone can do the same thing. So if you're being bombarded by calls from unknown numbers, you can set do not disturb to allow only people in your contact list to call you. That way you can have some peace. Um, In my personal experience, uh, if Verizon is your carrier and you have an Android phone, Verizon has some pretty good some pretty good call blocking stuff, but that's through Android. Oh. iPhone always, you know, they kind of take that away from the carrier, and it's more of a phone thing. Yeah, it, it, your your operating system should have an app from your carrier with some kind of call protection on it. The only one I can't vet is Seaspire. I don't think they have an app for anything like that, but the big carriers should um, look into that. And also, if you can call them and reach out to them, they can probably let you know more about those services. Obviously, they're the ones who sell them. They know all about them. There should be something out there, though. There's also an app called Haya. We like Haya because um, it can offer some pretty good uh, filtering as well. And it can also let you know if you have potential spam callers or what type of uh, entity might be trying to reach you. All right. Let's uh, thank you for the call, David. Uh, we're going to run quickly to sneak in Bill in Mobile before the end of the show. Bill, thanks for calling. What's going on? Hey, um, my wife and I run a small business out of our house. And uh, by the way, I, I happen to be a CISSP. So I'm not, but I haven't been a practitioner for a couple of years professionally. Um, I run Malwarebytes for teams. Say again? So I bow down to your knowledge, sir. What, what was your <laughs> Well, no, 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 uh, don't. <laughs> uh, um, I, I run malware bytes for Teams on both our desktops and on the laptop that she uses when she's 
when we're traveling. Mm-hmm. And I even have CISA, the, the, the Department of Homeland Security folks, I have them scanning our network, and it comes up as a black hole when they, when they try to scan it. Um, mm-hmm. But I really don't have a handle on all the logging that's going on, and I really – it's like it, it's the great known unknown. Do you guys know of any product that can that – can, you know, I'm talking two desktops and a laptop – that can go through the logs and like start a baseline for uh, you know if I've got somebody sitting on my network just lingering. Um, I mean, you can log into most of your routers these days and look at the actively connected devices. Sure. Right, right. I do that. Um, I, I, I mean, like somebody's actually penetrated one of our desktops. Because hmm. no. I mean, I've, I've been researching it, and it's like there's just so much out there, but it seems like it's all built for a much larger scale enterprise and you have to have your own server to run. Yeah, there's not a lot for Soho small small office home office uh, in respects to that other than just, you know, your your baked in firewalls to your routers and whatever software you can set up on your machines. All right. Well, we're right up against the end of the show. Bill, I know that we didn't have a lot of time to get down to the bottom of your question right there. Yep. Uh, send an email, everydaytech at mpbonline.org, or we'll be back next Wednesday uh, at 10 for another episode of Everyday Tech. That's it for us, Jeremy. Man, we went wall to wall right there with calls. Thanks to everybody who called and calls from all over the place Meridian, Pearl, Biloxi, Jackson, Columbus, Horn Lake, Mobile. Uh, thanks for listening today. A lot of great questions. And um, uh, got Jeremy, whether he was uh, physically or mentally ready to go or not, we got him. Got him moving. You just basically mowed the grass of uh, tech questions for an hour. Thank you for your work as always, man. And uh, we'll be uh, glad to have Wilts back in next Wednesday at 10 a.m. for more Everyday Tech. And make sure to find this episode on the podcast page. Your podcast player search Everyday Tech. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.